Hello and welcome to our conversation on Naturopod Live. This is a conversation platform for education leaders to share experiences and ideas that inspire each of us to envision what's possible and put that action behind inspiration. My name is Bridget Alomez. I'm a mother, a dancer, a nature lover, and the founder and CEO of Naturopod. Our mission with Naturopod is simple, to ensure every learner and educator has a practical, healthy, and sustainable environment to learn, enabling them to reach their full potential. Firstly, I would like to acknowledge, and my apologies if I mispronounce, Lo Kwanlun, Songhees, Esquimalt, and Waisanich peoples on which traditional territory I am live streaming from today. Today, we'll be having a conversation with some special guests around how open-ended learning environments can be used to deepen the learning experience. We invite you to join the conversation by commenting or providing questions in the chat box, and we'll address them as we go along or follow up with you after the conversation today. I'm delighted to welcome today's guest, Alana Jelnik. Welcome, Alana. Thank you so much for having me, Bridget. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, very, we are very excited to have you as well. Alana is the Associate Principal of the Early Learning Center at SAR Academy, a modern Orthodox day school in New York. A busy mother of three, of three it is clear her heart is in everything that she does. We first, met, we first met and heard from Alana back in January of 2020 as she was looking for play lofts. From our first conversation, it was clear that we had values alignment around student-centered spaces. She has a very clear vision from the very beginning. Flash forward to this time last year, and Saar has a beautiful new school, and I had the privilege of hosting a virtual workshop training session with a team of educators last summer, which I really wanted to do in person, but soon enough, I'll be able to come and visit you in person. Now that you've been in this, the new space for a year, and here we are, we're really ready to hear more about what you've learned along the way. So welcome and thank you for being here, Alana. Thank you so much. <laughs> so Alana, can you introduce our special guests backstage, Rosie, Goldie and Sherry? Sure. We have far more interesting people here than me today. We have Shari, who is a kindergarten teacher extraordinaire, and two wonderful, wonderful children, Rosie and Goldie, who are in Shari's class. And we're so excited to have you and hear from you about what you like about school and about your classroom today. So welcome, Shari. Hi, Rosie. Hi, Goldie. Nice to see you. Hi. Good morning. So Rosie, I hear you've been going to SAR since you were three. What do you like most about school? Um, I like going at the playground. I like going on the lofts. I like playing with my friends a lot. You like to play? Mm-hmm. Yeah, wonderful. And what about you, Goldie? I like I like to play with my friends. I like to go on the on the roof playground. Yeah, we have, Bridget, we have an incredible playground that overlooks the Hudson um, on our roof. Um, and it has some incredible climbing opportunities and running opportunities. Um, and the kids really like it. Right, Rosie? Right, Goldie? <laughs> <laughs> you guys really love playing. I can see that. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Well, Alana, what I would love to start with is, I mean, you've got quite an inspiring story um, and really I want to learn a bit more about what led you to where you are today. Sure. 
Um, so since I'm like seven, I knew that I wanted to be a teacher. Um, I was sure of it. I remember telling my parents and they were like, are you sure? <laughs> and I said, I'm absolutely sure. I want to bring joy into the lives of people every single day. I want to learn and I want to grow. Um, and my mind was set and made up from that moment on. Um, I started um, with my eye on lower school, actually, six, seven-year-olds, um, and that's where I started in SAR. And then there was an opportunity um, to take on the associate principal of the Early Learning Center, and I said, really, like me? And it was like love from the minute um, I joined the team, um, the joy in early childhood, the work of the teachers, uh, the inspiration of the children, there's there's nothing better. There's, there's really nothing better. So I feel very, very lucky and privileged uh, to come to work every day and to collaborate and, and work with everyone. So it's from the age of seven, you knew you wanted to do this. Yeah. And I haven't looked back. How many people could say that? Not a lot of people can tell at the age of seven. I mean, I, I thought I was going to be a professional dancer at 18, and here I am today. So, you know, that's a really clear insight at the age of seven you wanted to do this. So that's very powerful. What about you, Sherry? What, what, when did you know this was, your, this was your path and your journey ahead? Also very early on. I, really? Uh, at, at the age of 12, we had a new baby in the, in the home, and I, I couldn't be more than just a few feet away from him then, you know, into to the world of babysitting, camps. I just, I've always been around kids. I adore kids and I, I, I'm i sorry, grown-ups kind of bore me. Children are amazing, right? <laughs> we have so much fun all day. I mean, what could be better? Yeah, and I'm hearing from Rosie and Gordy, they just love to play all day. So what couldn't be more fun about that? <laughs> That's wonderful. So Alana, you know, you've been really instrumental in creating an exceptional team of educators at SAR, and we're curious to learn more about um, how, you've, how you've done this. You know, how, how did, how, like, if you could share, like, what is your secret sauce that how you've created that? Sure, so I, I really have collaborators in the teachers. So it's not a top down, like, here is my vision, carry it out. It's many conversations that are inspiring. Um, I feel most lucky because we have a community of learners in all of us. Um, and I think something I've worked really, really hard to do is to create an environment where everybody could take chances and try new things. Um, and if you fail, that's great. And we could talk about it and we could reflect together. Um, I think something that my colleagues also help me to do is push, right? We've been doing something some a certain way for a really long time. Uh, let's reflect. Let's think about it. Is there something we could add? Is there something we could shift? And I'm really lucky to have teachers who think that way um, and who, who see the sky as the limit. Um, there's nothing impossible. Um, I have a pad on my desk that says, think big. Um, it's our mantra. It's what we try. It's think big and listen to small. Um, and it, it, it really is, the details matter. Uh, the details of children matter most. Um, and then to think about like, so how can we use that? How could that help us transform what we're doing? Mm. Did you say think big? That 
big. Wow. Yeah. Um, we, you know, when you run a school of like 250 children and we have this year, we have 18 classrooms, right? It's a big place. You could like get sucked into the details, right? I need to get this done. I have a to-do list. I do have a to-do list, but you have a to-do list and you could really lose track of the big mission and vision, um, which is at the center of everything we do. So I remind myself constantly to keep thinking big, to keep that mission alive and, you know, what I'm thinking about and what I'm working towards each day. Right. So Sherry, when you hear Alana communicate, think big, and to keep that mission alive, how do you embody that? How do you translate that into your daily practice? Um, Alana challenges us every day. She really, <laughs> she's not going to let us just rest on our laurels. We're going to, we're going to change. We're going to try something new. We're going to do something completely different than we did the year before. Um, and, and I think that's amazing because the children we have this year are different than the children we had last year and we're different and the world is different. So every year we, we try to do more. We try to think bigger. Wonderful. I, I, you know, it is really a daily practice, right, to be challenged and just think about what did I learn yesterday and how do I take something new into today? And, and how do I, you know, really move forward in that direction and not get stuck in those in those kind of ways. So thinking about the future learning model, um, at Atlanta, like, well, is there a learning model that you actually strive for? And um, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, yeah, you know, it's, we're a constructivist preschool. So we're a progressive preschool that believes in learning by doing, right? So when you hear Rosie and Goldie describe play, we believe that that's the work of children. Right. Um, that's how they learn. We're facilitators, right? Um, and we listen to what they're doing and what they're interested in. And we think about like, okay, how can we push how can we push that forward? So yes, we're inspired by Montessori and yes, we're inspired by Reggio. But for us, it's about learning by doing. Mm. Maybe we should ask Rosie and Goldie what they think about how they're, how, like what, how, what they like to learn. What are some of the fun ways that you like to learn? Obviously you like to play, but how do you like to learn? I like to learn that we always learn about tortoises and we always learn about metals. Wonderful. I like to learn by reading. Oh, you like to learn by reading. Wonderful. Is there a special place that you like to read? Um, where we usually read is in the loft. In the you like to read in the loft? Is it because it's somewhere high, high and cozy, and you can be in like in a secret spot? No, since that's a library. Oh, in the library. Rosie and Goldie, do you want to hear a really funny story about the loft? Yes. Okay. So you might be wondering why we have lofts in all of our classrooms in SAR. Okay. So when we started building the Early Learning Center, I was thinking a lot about the furniture in this place, right? How is it going to inspire learning? And there were like so many things to see. And nothing, nothing was hitting it. Nothing was hitting it for me. But then I saw a loft online that I fell in love with. And I tried to figure out where it was from and I couldn't. So guess <laughs> who I went to? I went to Maura Shari. I went to Shari and I said, Shari, I need your help. I saw this loft 
and I love it and I can't figure out where it's from. And you know what Sharon said? I'm on it. <laughs> I came in the next day. Bridget, do you know the story? I do, yes. <laughs> Shari came in the next day. She said, I found this company. It's called Natural Pod. You have to see all the furniture they offer. And from the moment I went on the website, I knew that we had found furniture to inspire our learning, to open it, and it started the process. But that's why you have that loft. You have that loft because Maura Shari found it and Bridget's company built it. You know, you know, in our class, it's not always a loft. Sometimes it's other things. What does what our loft become? Sometimes it's apple orchards. Sometimes it's a, it's a, it's a plane. An sometimes apple orchard or a plane? Sometimes it's upstairs at when we're playing family. So we, we used it as apple picking. We used it as an ice skating We used it at a, at a honey, a honey shop. So, you know, I have a video on the red floor that shows a little bit um, of how you've used it in the past. It might seem crazy what I'm about to say. in your space you guys are very inspiring I, I i will i've never heard of an apple orchard before that is something completely new that will add to the list so thank you for sharing that that is really um really quite special i was dancing in the background is anyone else dancing in the background yes absolutely so alana you know i know that being a busy mom of three and running a, you know a wonderful learning environment space and i i say that because everybody that's impacted by the space that walk in there the children the parents the community the educators that's a lot of vision to hold so when you think about you know the days ahead what do you wish you had more time to think about yeah I just wish there was more time. <laughs> um, when I when I think about our students, right, and we're finishing up school in a week, um, they've grown so much. We've delved deeply into so many things. Um, and I'm sad to see it end. It will continue. We have a few months and we certainly need them. Um, but I think... Uh, the time to engage with children, the time to engage with parents and families, the time to engage um, with teachers um, and to talk, right? So much of it comes from the conversations 
Um, it's not about me in bed at night. Sometimes my best ideas are born there, but then it's about bringing them back <laughs> to talk with people. Um, and then you sometimes run out of time. The good news is that there's more, right? It keeps right. going, it's cyclical, um, but, but time would be really helpful. Yeah, you can clearly see your passion and how you, it, time does go quickly sometimes. You look back and you go, wow, when did the, where did those children grow? Like, when did that happen? And it, it's, yeah, I, I think about that too, how much I would love that. But I try to really be present in the moment and really impact um, those moments that I have. So, Shari, I would love to ask you about how, um, you know, and what, what would you want another educator to know about whose work, like in terms of how to engage students in more meaningful ways. If you were to share some wisdom with with our community, what would that be? Um, listen, listen. Um, you have to listen. They can be, um, they it could be winter time, and they could all be talking about how they wish they went ice skating. So we made an ice skating rink, right? They they have such fantastic, amazing ideas. Um, sometimes listening, you know, will give you some insight into some underlying things that you should know. Um, this Children are amazing and they have so much more to offer us than we have to offer them. So just, you don't just listen to them. Beautiful. Listening. What would you add to that, Alana? Um, you know, Shari didn't share one of the things when they created um, an ice skating rink in their classroom and it, it was born from listening. Um, there was a conversation in the classroom that Shari couldn't ignore. Um, and then when they decided they wanted to create that ice skating rink, um, Shari said, okay, you, you need, like, what are you gonna make? Like, what, what are you gonna have? Um, and one of the things that the students made was a thermometer because we're living in a year of COVID uh, where students have their temperature taken every single day. Um, and I think it's not just listening, it's knowing like, and that's part of who they are right now. That's part of their world, right? You might have another educator who said, well, that's a this year thing. And maybe you don't always have a thermometer. And Shari embraced that. Like, yes, that is your reality. That is what you are experiencing. Let's try it out. Let's create a safe space here where you could practice that and use that. Um, and Shari had no agenda, right? Um, it's, it's letting go of all the things that you think you could create um, and then having the students build ideas, talk, communicate, collaborate, um, shift their ideas, shift their thinking, right? Um, and then moving moving forward with them. I will just interrupt a little bit of an agenda. The point is to sneak the curriculum in. <laughs> so when we made our ice skating rink, the children, they wrote the signs and they were in charge of the cash register and the change. And so, you know, using these amazing experiences and that's where the teaching comes. Mm. How this is an interesting thing because you know I think about like listening is one of the most amazing things where we really listen to students about what they want, what's important to them, what's inspiring them in those moments. How can you in really deeply empower an educational team to truly pause and listen? 
to engage and obviously be aware of the curriculum, which is obviously present and something that we have to be considerate of. What are some of the ways that you empower your team and how do you empower each other to really stay in that place of creativity and be curious? I think it's about um, creating invitations um, in your classroom, anywhere actually, right? So it's actually not even about all the questions you're going to ask, right? Questions um, could sometimes stunt that, but if children come into a classroom and there's the environment is is primed, is rich, is open, is not cluttered, children begin to explore instantly mm. and then you have an opportunity to say tell me more about that tell me more yeah exactly tell me more an open-ended question so sherry when you think about the tell me more um what some of the things that you've heard from some of your students around one idea what are some of the other things that you've noticed that they've with you you've gone okay how do i take that and further explore it deeply? Um, I mean, listening is, you know, key, but for example, the teachers kind of made an apple orchard. That was that was from us. It was the beginning of the year. We wanted to create an experience. Um, when we took the apple orchard down, there was a lot of complaining and, <laughs> and they were, you know, and, and they asked for something new and we stepped back and, you know, they really wanted the cash register back. That was a must. Um, and we just, I took out a blank piece of paper and I said, what are you going to do? And, and they came up with it themselves, a honey store. And they figured out how to make the jars look like honey. They, I mean, they, they come up with these things, whether a sink becomes a rocket ship control pad. It's just, it's really what let that, let their imagination go. Mm. You know, we had another, um, in another classroom, um, a teacher came to my door and she said, I don't know if you're going to be mad. And I said, mad, why would I be mad? <laughs> said, my class wants to explore poop. And I said, what? <laughs> and she said, well, they're four and they're really, really curious. Can we explore the sewer system? And it was it was from the listening to children, right? The kids were really, really interested and inspired um, to think about that. And it, it requires a teacher who's brave to say like, okay, I could do this with four-year-olds. Um, and then they did a whole study on the sewer um, based on that, that conversation. Wow, that's that's real listening right there. <laughs> well, I wanna ask that poop in our class. You haven't done that yet? We didn't make it there yet. <laughs> Maybe we're inspiring Rosie and Goldie, just, just putting it out there. That may happen now. But Rosie and Goldie, if you could change something in your classroom, what would it be? What would you add to your space? More games. More games? Anything else? Yeah. More art projects. More art projects. We, we, we love art. We do a lot of um, art. So uh, anything that we can be inspired by. Not now. Not now. <laughs> You've got enough in there already for you, right? <laughs> in that space. So Alana, you know, you've created, um, obviously this is culture of empowerment. You really listen to your community, your educators, your students. Um, I've seen that you've implemented a lot of change management through this process. 
um, and obviously the culture of empowerment, which is not an easy thing to do, um, as you probably are aware, like this, there's, there's always challenges with change management. Change is not always easy for everybody. But what is some of the impact that you've seen in by doing that and really embodying that and really owning that, which is, again, not an easy thing to do? So first, I actually want to thank you for for the change, for the shift. Um, what we decided to use uh, Natural Pod, um, I had the opportunity to sit with Kelly and with all our teachers to talk about what each of them need in their classroom. Um, and we did that class by class. We sat for many, many hours thinking about what's important in, to, to them, right? Where, where does their passion um, come from? And the listening for teachers is as important as the listening for children. Um, everybody needs to, to have a voice and then feel, feel heard. Um, and after teachers had the opportunity to both think and reflect about what's most important to them in their classrooms, um, we created spaces um, and then had the opportunity to work with you um, when you did that professional development with us and over the summer, um, because our furniture now looks so different, vastly different than what we had in our old um, space. And I remember you saying everything could be anything. <laughs> Right. Think about how you could shift things. Think about how you could move pieces of furniture. Think about how you could use them in totally different ways. Um, and you actually gave us permission to feel empowered about that. Um, and teachers took it. They took it right away um, from from that. Um, I think I think part of the empowerment um, is also about like small shifts. Um, nothing changes overnight, right? So we're all working toward a shared vision. We're all working towards something together that unites us. Um, but it comes like slowly and you have to celebrate like all the pieces of it, right? So small things, small things matter. Um, they're measurable. They should be noticed. They should be acknowledged. Um, and then you work like and propel each other forward. Mm. Really, I'm really hearing listening, patience, many voices, feedback. And, and I think about that for you, Sherry, like, you know, really being involved in that process and having that sense of ownership as an educator of a space. How did that feel for you? I mean, first of all, having a, you know, principal who's just says go with that is, you know, key to, to that just doing whatever but yeah i mean it, we 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 go into this classroom brand new furniture but it's it's not something specific and and it shouldn't be it should be it should be just uh you know something there to to, to promote imagination and to promote all these amazing ideas and learning and growth and you know it, it was just it was a fantastic feeling to start this year with a blank slate in so many ways, with the children, obviously, but also with this beautiful classroom. Right. The children, we saw it in their eyes as well, through their eyes, because it was new to us. And we spoke about how it was new to us as it was new to them. So yeah. what, where do we do with it? Where do we put things? What makes sense? And their input was just as important as ours. That's right. That's right. It's it, There's multiple voices 
um, in these kind of collaborative approaches, you know, from a from holding the leadership that you do so beautifully, Alana, and I can and I really resonate with your passion because that is something that is very infectious. And when you have that, I mean, I think about the artwork behind you, and I keep seeing the word love. I know that you love what you do, and I can see that it goes down to the educators and even the students, you know, and how they connect to the space. And when someone really loves, and I mean, I'm meaning that in a holistic way, loves something, they care for it differently. They relate to it differently. They're allowed to speak up and develop that confidence in their learning space and go, you know what? I want to make the loft into an ice rink. Well, um, is it going to be slippery? Is it going to be cold, right? Like, what are sort of the things that the children are seeing and to not squash that, that moment? So those moments, I think about that from a vision perspective and from an educator point of view, I see that you really embody that. Um, are there any other examples that you think about in terms of, you know, when you look back at the process and you think about the engagement that you had with your educators, is there something that you would do differently in the future? So there's always ways you could tweak things. Always. So my, answer, always. my answer was, you know, no, it was perfect. You know, <laughs> um, that just wouldn't that just wouldn't be true. Um, I I think that I would have loved um, to have more time in person together before we welcomed students. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I work with the most incredible people who, when we shut down, I think it was March 2nd, we were the first school in New York um, to shut down. We had no idea what was what would happen next. We were at the forefront of creating a virtual schedule for our youngest students while building this building. Um, I would have loved um, to have like more time to like sit together um, to, to to think through um, through all of our environment um, because our classrooms are one piece of our environment, um, but the hallways are, are, are everything, right? Everything makes up environment. So um, our hallways, our outdoors, um, and and what role what role that plays. Um, this year, we spent a lot of time um, in the woods, um, which was which which we've never done before. I don't know why, but we've never done before. <laughs> um, and um, bugs um, became like like pets, you know, in our classrooms. Um, so much so that every, every classroom then kept saying like, what, what living things could we bring into our space? Children were, were caring for the ant, like they were caring for the beetle, like they were caring for the ladybug. Um, Shari's class actually had chicks um, <laughs> in our classroom, right, Rosie and Goldie? Tell us about it. How many, yeah, how many chicks did you have? And tell us more. Um, we, we, I think, eight hatched. Eight hatched, but we had 12 eggs, and I don't know, but I think one of the eggs it wasn't fertilized so it was just like so and then another egg and then and then trick was in the incubator it just uh, cracked the egg how did you get to hold them yeah yeah how did they feel they were, were fluffy 
<laughs> their little feet tickle your hands yeah they're like they feel really like weird you're very soft but it's like isn't it wasn't feathers it wasn't feathers it was down it was down there we go i you know when when you explain the experience of holding a chick i can totally imagine that and I imagine the feelings of doing that. So thank you for sharing that with us. Sherry, I wanted to ask you, and this is one of the things that, you know, Alana, you just touched on, like the human connection, the touch points, how we really support each other. And I would wonder, um, Sherry, if you could share with us, like what would you want um, another educator to know about caring for oneself in order to support our students? Are there some kind of creative ways that you care for yourself in order to support your students that, you could share with others um definitely that is that it's it's crucial you have to support yourself you have to have people who support you and luckily we do um whether it's little things like the administration surprising just the staff with goodies or it's going home and taking a minute and breathing deep you have to come in every morning and be ready and for these guys <laughs> so <laughs> It's, it's crucial. I mean, you come into a, a building that's all children, the smiles, you have to smile, but you have to feel it. Um, right. And we do. It's, it's a happy environment. I think it's very important to be able to come into work and be excited to be here and feel like you're ready to go and not that you're exhausted and not that you're burnt out. And, and maybe part of um, maybe the changes that we do help with that right taking on a whole new exciting project is invigorating and it just gets you excited to do something new um but it's yeah it's very important Wonderful. yeah something that um is coming up for me like over and over again when i hear um shari talk is like the joy engagement energy um bringing the joy i think is something that you, it's not measurable, but you could feel it, right? And um, it's not about just putting a smile on your face. It's about like, feel like, what is joy? How can I bring myself joy? How can I bring other adults joy? How can I bring children joy? And it's through that energy that, that you could change the world, right? Or that you could provide children the opportunity um, and the agency to to create and to build um, and to think. Mm -hmm. Well, I think about that, and I think you know when the, when both Goldie and Rosie share that you know one of the most favorite things to do is play and be on the playground. Um, and I think about adults. Why do we stop playing, right? First of all, and how do you both play? I, do you I didn't stop playing. You don't stop playing. So tell mm -hmm. us. Why how do you play like in your in your time when you get to play what do you do um i i love i love games and i love puzzles just as much as them i don't know who was more excited for the chicks <laughs> <laughs> it was exciting right it was amazing but right. you get down and playing is is the number one um i mean playing sorry playing is conflict resolution, it's turn taking, it's it's so many things that getting on the floor and playing, besides enjoying yourself and having a great time, it's important, it's crucial. I mean, especially in this age. 
Absolutely. What about you, Alana? How do you like to play? I mean, you're a busy mom of three kids, so I'm sure you're playing a lot at home. But uh, what yes. do you yes. like? <laughs> I love walking outside. I love breathing in the fresh air. Um, when I need to clear my head, um, it's the first place I go. I, like I'm going around the block, <laughs> um, but it really provides a, a certain um, energy. I also love to exercise. Um, and that's something that I've been able to do now with my family um, since lockdown. Uh, we decided that it could be a family activity um, of, of playing. Um, but Shari's also not giving herself enough credit. Shari is the teacher who comes into my office and says, okay, what fun thing are we doing at the end of the year? Or can we get bouncy houses for the teachers? Or teachers. carnival. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so really like finding your, your inner child, um, and not taking yourself too seriously, right? Mm -hmm. Being able to laugh together, um, fall down both literally and figuratively, um, and, and to get back up with people you trust and have relationships with is, is all part of that playing. Wonderful. Thank you. Well, I, I, I don't stop playing either. I can't. Like I'm, you know, I'm a totally a kid at heart, and um, you know, I love to dance. I love to be in nature as well, which I alluded to before. Um, but I also like to create something. Like I need to stay in a place of creativity, and I, and I'm very curious. I ask I ask a lot of questions. Like I can imagine as a student, my teacher was like, Bridget, how many questions are you asking me right now? So I'm so you know just playing on that idea a little bit because. Both Goldie and Rosie shared that they love to play and be on in the playground, which is a, an easy place to think about play, right? And we know in the learning environment, indoors, because I what I really care about is that continuity of care, indoor and outdoor learning, and play can happen anywhere, in the hallways, in the classroom, outside in the playground. How do you help support in the learning environment those play opportunities? Is there a way that you've helped to bring that to life besides listening to the students? Is there another way that you can offer some um, support or guidance to that for our community today? I think it's about seeing um, like a, a blank canvas. <laughs> and first you listen and then you say, it's blank. What could I add, right? What could I begin to question? Where could I get curious? Where can I provide a provocation, um, right? By, by choosing what, what color you put on the canvas, um, what toy you put out, what loose part you put out, right? If I'm going to put out wood pieces um, next to the animals, that, that's gonna guide, that's gonna guide children um, somewhere. Um, and if I make a totally different choice and put tissue paper out in just blue, that will guide children um, another way. Um, so I think it's about thinking both where you think students want to go and, and where you want to go mm -hmm. uh, and, and melding them together because the environment's a teacher in the classroom, the child's a teacher in the classroom, right? And, and you have to figure out how, how, to, how to take all those pieces and, and join them together. Mm. Thank you. Sherry, would you add anything to that? Um, I mean, I, of course, I agree with Alana. I think that 
we just sometimes they surprise us with with what they want to learn and things you know sometimes like Alana said you you introduce something and you see where it goes um i remember two three years ago i introduced an artist i think it was jackson pollock and who would think that five-year-olds would really be interested um and i haven't stopped doing artists because it's one of their favorite units and they just they take it and then you see them action painting in the corner because they take it to heart and they learn new techniques and um it surprised me i mean i didn't i didn't know we'd be learning about you know george Seurat in kindergarten but uh they they love it wow well goldie and rosie i have a last question for you what is something that you would love to learn more about i love to I love to think about what about you, Rosie? Um, I want to learn more about artists. More about artists. Wonderful. Like, that's, um, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I, I want to learn more about a lot. Of, I want to learn about all the letters again. Because I love letters. letters. Oh. Yeah, letters are also, right? Because when you're able to start to read, which is something we really work on in first grade, right? You could learn even more by reading about it, right? So I understand that being like a, a super exciting next step. You know, that to me, that is like, that is a real magical moment right there. I want to learn more about letters. I want to learn more about artists. Like, how special is that in listening to those moments? Um, Alana, thinking about the future, you know, um, obviously you've navigated through uh, the last couple of years with different levels of things occurring, a new vision, a new school, um, obviously some changes that none of us were expecting. Um, what's really next for you? Like, when you look ahead, what do you see as being next for you? I, I think something that's come up a few times um, this year um, for us is about uh, about differences. Um, thinking about different members of our society, um, who we know about, who we don't know about, um, and thinking about how to bring lots of different people into our classrooms. Um, either by the read-alouds we choose or the dolls we have in our classroom or the guests we have. One of the silver linings of COVID um, was the opportunity to bring people in on Zoom, actually. We never thought we could visit fill in the blank. We never thought we could speak to anyone. And, um, and that's actually become the world is open. To us in, in a different way. And I hope to be able to think about that as we continue to have students in person in school um, and, and to think about all people um, and creating an environment of acceptance um, in our world. So really expanding your reach. That this, this opportunity is giving you a chance to go, how do I include more? Because now I can. Isn't that fascinating that it, the silver lining that we can see in opportunities like this? And I, I'm really grateful to hear that because I feel the same way. 
we can actually connect in different ways. Yes, the human connection is something that we really value and being with the children in person and enjoying them, watch their you know, eating their fabulous lunch and that bagel looks so good. I can't wait to come and try that. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that is something that, you know, for me, I'm also feeling the same way. What about you, Sherry, when you look back and go, what has the silver lining been for you? Yeah, well, we wanted actually, Rosie wanted to build on that a bit because we had a visitor just this week um, come and join us. Um, it was my uncle. He's an artist. Okay. Awesome. What's his name? Joey. Uncle Joey. <laughs> Joey. <laughs> Wonderful. So Wonderful. Being able to bring in people who we may not have um, otherwise and do a project with them, do something with them online was amazing. Um, it was, it, it was, there were a lot of very interesting pieces of this year. Well, some of them we want to get rid of right away, but there were a lot of pieces that, that you know, I, I don't know, something we felt very much like a family this year. I don't know if it was bonding differently. Um, it felt it felt like we went through something together, and uh, it just felt different in a good way. That's beautiful. Well, you know, um, I want to uh, reflect back on because I think collectively we can really make a difference in the lives of our all of our educators that are around us, the students that we impact, um, obviously our community and our parents that we support as well. And I really want to thank today, um, you know, Alana and Sherry and, of course, Goldie and Rosie for really joining us and sharing your inspiring stories and wisdom, sharing some of the magical moments of the ice rink, the chicks, you know, what else it could be, finding joy, to pause, to listen, to really empower, to walk more in nature, you know, to start the morning with a smile. You know, I think, Sherry, that's a small gift, you know, just walk in with a smile. It doesn't take much to do that um, and thank you again for joining us today I really appreciate everything you've brought to to us um, and our journey together and I look forward to more in the future thank you so much Bridget for this opportunity I feel like I could talk to you for hours I know and exactly and we have to do this again soon I really look forward to doing that I want to thank our audience for joining us today um, and uh, really hearing some of these ideas and hearing from our very first students, Rosie and Goldie, and thank you again for joining us. And also for those who are listening, you know, follow us on whatever platform you're watching this on for our next episode. And I want to wish you all a wonderful day ahead. Please take great special care and uh, find the magic in the joy. What, what's the magical moment you can find today? Take care, everyone. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.